You're listening to 2, 5, and 10, your source for bullshit-free NHL news, analysis, and insights. Now, here are your hosts, Kevin Naughton and Ben Stewart. Well, I like a full-bodied lager as much as the next hard-working man. The taste of suds while dealing stud, I can surely understand. The trucker speed, and yes, indeed, it's nearly getting light. Well, it's time to switch to whiskey. We've been drinking beer all night. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 120 of 2, 5, and 10. And I know you guys are probably expecting this week in hockey review, but we're going to give you something better. We're going to give you this weekend in hockey review, and it's strictly regarding one NHL game, one NHL alumni game, four drunk guys go to a bar, one leaves... Irish goodbye. I mean, we're going to just call this the black, blue, and red podcast all over. Benny, how are you, buddy? I'm doing all right. As you know, getting to meet the sexiest man alive. As another heterosexual man to say. Uh, <laughs> um, as the owner of that Irish exit as well. <laughs> you did own the Irish exit. Uh, I did not know how things were going for anybody at certain points. Uh <laughs> So we're going to get through. We went down to the lovely Newark to to go see the Bruins, Devils, uh, Benny, M- Mr. Murph. Like, we, we all had a good time. The scenic Newark, you know, with the rolling hills of green and, yeah. I mean, so I've never been to Jersey, right? I've, I've seen it from the Statue of Liberty, like, across the river there. I've never actually been. So, A, touchdown over there. Uh... So we go, we, we leave at 6 in the morning, we get there right at 10, so I mean, travel was good, we, you know, stopped, had a coffee, couple of pee breaks, all was good. Uh, we got to see Greggy before he went in, and we tell him, like, hey, uh, you know, we came, we got some gas, blah, 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 he's like, you, you guys got gas in Newark? Like, yeah, he's like, yeah, don't ever do that. I'm like, oh, <laughs> all right, well, you know, good to find out after. Not even in the daytime. No, not even in the daytime, and uh, so I mean, that kind of made me chuckle. So we went, and he's like, oh, well, if you guys like are just killing time or whatever, why don't you go around to uh, around this side of the building here, and there's Reds, and then there's um, American Whiskey. There are two bars right next to each other, but you can go there, and, you know, before the game, they'll be open. And I'm like, well, shit, 10 a.m., a bar's open. Like, I'm there. I'm not upset about it. So uh, we start there. And for, for the record, it would have been nice to know that Red's is actually like a German bar because we walk in and, and I think it's like the 99 up here so the lady's like I'm like oh you guys have Sam Winter like I'll take one of those she's like small or tall I'm like it's like the 99 I'm like tall easy and then she pulls out this Stein glass and I'm like holy shit like the thing's huge I'm like well, all right, well, that's a good way to start the morning. And, and but I mean, the other part of it too is she doesn't tell you that they're they're eighteen bucks a whack. I'm like, pay the first tab. I'm like, holy shit! Like, uh, guess we're back to these New York New Newark prices, like in one right now. But uh, eighteen dollars for that beer in Newark means would probably be like forty two in Manhattan. I was gonna say yeah, just just round up and call it fifty. Well, I laughed because I got two, and she says. 38 and i thought i was i'm going 28 she's going 38 oh 
28? Three, I said, uh, all right, you know what? Either way, just just keep the 40. Like, we'll call it a wash. Just keep the 40. But, uh, yeah, so we go. So it was me, Stratford, and then uh, the guy I work with, Bill. Bill ended up being very gracious, was our DD. Um, did a great job to and from. Uh, I recommend five stars. Do it, do it again if you would like to. So that's why he wasn't drinking after the game. I was like, oh, I thought he just didn't want to take advantage and, like, be on people's tabs. He's like, no, 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 not drinking, not drinking, not drinking. Oh, no, no, but w William does not drink anymore, so uh, it was good, and, I mean... He's like, I have water, and then uh, Murph is like, I got him a water, and he's like, Murph, stop buying me water. <laughs> yeah, now, now he's going to have to pee. Nice job, Murph. <laughs> but, uh, so we went over there. We, we started, we met Mr. Murphy about 11.45, 12. He came over, very nice. And then, uh... I beat you guys into the arena in our seats. Meanwhile, you guys got right next door to the arena like two hours before I even left to go to Newark. Well, in fairness to us, I didn't realize how big the beers were, so it's not like I could stop. And then the other thing, too, was I haven't been to a game yet this year, right? So the COVID check, I didn't know what to expect. They want either a picture of your thing or the real COVID card, and they want you to hold it. If not, they want you to wear a mask, or at least those were the rules in Newark. And that was like the one thing that was holding up the actual ticket line, like kind of going through, and then on the other end, they're asking for COVID, and people are reaching left and reaching right, almost like they didn't know protocol, but, I mean, it was right on the website. It was rather simple, just this is what they need. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to have everything in hand. Boom, we go right through. We shoot right up the escalator, and we were kind of just past the escalator there. Like It wasn't a bad setup. It was really nice, really easy to get in and out of, uh, at least arena-wise. Um, we find the seats. Nice. Yeah, the arena's really nice. I, I thought the Prudential was really nice. I, I thought in-game, I thought the Devils did good, at least in-game presentation, too. It was, it was also a kid's day, I was informed, so the, that could have been another part of it. Which I'll get into. Oh, my God, yeah, we got to talk about the PA guy after. That was, uh, yeah. that was a little rough. I'm, I'm not going to lie about that. Uh, I knew you guys were had arrived because I was sitting in a seat. At that point, I was the only one in a row. Like, this section was pretty empty still because warm-ups are just wrapping up some... A lot of people were getting food or drinks or down by the ice. And then all I hear from behind me goes, Look at this fucking guy with a Gatorade. <laughs> I turned around, it was Shepard, and he's just like, This fucking guy. And then you just like bear hug me. <laughs> I mean, a good welcome. Uh, we lucked out because right beside our section, there's a little beer stand there. So easy access in and out. So we grabbed a couple more before. Uh, Face off, which was nice, a little before puck drop. The anthem, I, I didn't know what to expect. I, they had like kids' day. There was this like twelve-year-old girl, and I'm going, uh, here we go. But actually, really good voice, great yep. job with the anthem. And then yeah, we can get to the game. Thought the Bruins a, a little bit of a slow start, but then kind of came on, which was good. The PA announcer, though, oh my god, like he receives two minutes for tripping. Huh? Yeah, he receives two minutes for unsportsmanlike conduct. The worst for me, and I went like, I, it irritated me more than it should, since I'm not even a Devils fan. Any time, so on one of the Devils' goals, 
Andreas Janssen had an assist. <laughs> oh, yeah, here we go. Yeah, you were mad about this. <laughs> and the PA announcer, I think it was, uh, who scored the second goal for New Jersey? I forget. But he's like, assisted by Andreas Johnson. And I'm like, it's Janssen. I said, like, maybe he just read it quickly or whatever. Whatever. Mistakes happen. And then he repeats it again. Goal scored 12-52. Assisted by Andreas Johnson. And then later in the game, Janssen gets a penalty. And he's like, uh, penalty number 10, Andreas Johnson. Two he receives two minutes for a high sticking. And you got mad at the receives part. And I got mad at the Johnson part at the same time. We're like, holy shit, this guy sucks. <laughs> Uh, I will say, I uh, obviously I haven't. Guy. It's your own team. You don't know how to say the name. Well, it was funny because you thought because it was kids' day, maybe they would have like one of the kids on the PA, but that was not the case. Um, yeah. A little further, I, I will say, I haven't watched too many Devils games this year, but holy shit, man, Mercer. that Dawson Mercer, that whole game, I was like, wow, this kid's a fucking player. And he played well against the Rangers the next day at the. At Madison Square Garden too, like all over the ice, set up a couple nice plays, almost led to goals, really good defensively as well. I know he was the first round pick of New Jersey, uh, I think 2019, somewhere around there. Mm -hmm. But he's a, like, he. I don't know if he's going to stick at center long term. He, for all the qualities he has, he looks a little size wise, like maybe not built to be a center long term, but on the wing with his wheels and his two way game, like he's a legit top six forward. Yeah, I thought he was really he's, good. He I was mean the best player on the ice for New Jersey. Oh by far. Like it was completely noticeable that he was above and beyond all the others. I was just I was blown I thought he had the best game in general for both teams. Like he was the most noticeable player just completely. Uh, above and beyond. I was just yeah, like it's and it was just nice to see in person, especially with uh, sitting next to you, because when you're at home, you can watch all 82 regular season games. You're beholden to what the camera angle shows you. Mm -hmm, you absolutely. Can't watch behind a play, you can't watch play away from the puck. So you and I, after like 10 minutes into the first period and we were noticing him, we just, every strip, we kept tracking him. And by the time the third period came around, you and I were calling the plays he would make, like cutting to the middle, going over here. Like, we just knew where he was going, and it was just nice to see because at home, if we were watching it together, we would just be watching left, right, left, right, whoever has the puck. And we would have missed out on a lot of the qualities that Mercer was bringing to the game. Yeah, I was just, like, as to how good he was at finding open space, like, just kind of using his speed, cutting through, finding that, that soft spot, and then his play below the goal line, even for a smaller guy, I was like, wow like just really smart plays and and just getting to just like i said those soft spots where, where there was no one there i was like you could really see the kid all over i'm like wow like incredible yeah, I think, player i think when everybody's healthy when hughes is back he would be a nice fit on the wing with he because hughes is already like he already generates the offense for an entire line so he needs finishers on his line but he sure could use the guy who's a little bit of a playmaker on his wing yeah, I mean, like you said, the injuries right now aren't helping them. And, yeah, I mean, if you can get a solid top six, I think the one thing they're lacking just a little bit just from seeing is size. Like, like you look at the forwards yeah. and Jack Small, Mercer's not the biggest, Nico Small, uh, 
Miles Wood was MIA on Saturday. I like I also don't even know if he played. I, I didn't I notice him. Played. Yeah, I think he was injured. Yeah, I, d- I didn't I notice him at all. To be honest. Oh, I agree. I mean, and Nick Palmieri hasn't had the year that he should have with the Islanders as of right now. Just got his first goal last night, but even then, yeah, I mean, in New Jersey, he he was a force over there. So they're definitely missing that secondary scoring from him. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, I agree. Best player on the ice for both teams. The PA announcer was terrible. The arena was nice. I mean, it was my second time there. I went before COVID. Uh, Greg also got me tickets in the suite uh, to watch the Rangers and Devils. That was the last game John Hines ever coached for the Devils. The Rangers basically fired him. Um, but Prudential is a nice arena. It's just a little pain in the ass to get to on the weekends from Manhattan because of how slow the path is. But yeah, I mean, good game. Bruins went 5-2. Swayman really impressed me. That was my first like detailed exposure to him, obviously, because I haven't been able to go to a Bruins game in person in a long time. Well, basically since Swayman's been up with you guys. Uh, So he impressed me. I think uh, Zaboro played well. As not like a legitimate top pair guy, but as a steady top six, not really going to fuck you type of player, like, which isn't what you're hoping to get as a mid first round pick. And the draft capital you guys spent on him, but just as a player, as a guy who you need to build out a six man deep defensive group in NHL, uh, he's quality in that way. Once he starts getting expensive, then he's going to be overvalued. But right now, I think he fits in well and like that third pair. And so Mike Riley was playing bad, so they held scratched Riley for that Saturday game. Zaboro played for him, and then he played on Sunday too. So now, now we're in the lull. The Bruins don't play till Saturday. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Zaboro takes his job. I mean, yeah. the way Bruce Cassidy talked about him the other day was. He has great vision of the ice. Uh, he needs to be able, which he's been doing, just come out, make your clean first pass. You know, don't overthink it. You, you know, take your ice when you get it. Make a nice clean pass. Use the vision that you have and go from there. And if he's able to do that, and I mean, mind you, we just signed Riley. Was it two or three years at whatever it was, three million a year? So if we got a kid at you know one two doing it, I mean, you can basically push Riley out of the lineup if that's the case. And I don't want to get too far into a, into hockey talk on a hockey podcast because I know we want to talk about the weekend. Outside of your top line, you guys have nothing going on offensively with your forward group. Like, no. That is, the, that is the worst forward group in terms of produ- production since the Chara era and the Bergeron era started. Like, your fourth line, like, we both like Lazar. He, he played well. Coil is nothing. Like, you see, you see it like a glimpse here or there. The only time I honestly knew DeBrusque was playing was when he was sitting on his ass and the puck hit him in at center ice, and that led to the goal yes. in New Jersey. Like, there's just nothing going on. And I don't know if you guys are waiting to offer Krejci a PTO on February 1st and then bring him in for game one of the playoffs and pull a Kucherov or what. But, you, yeah, that's not Stanley Cup championship 
no uh, so man group. Th- this is what pisses me off especially with charlie charlie coyle right so you saw the game he had saturday and on sunday he scores this beautiful goal by just completely outworking montreal like there's a line change he's coming off the bench skates through the middle of the ice the puck pops through behind the d so now he's on a one-on-one like to get to the puck and and like that's where charlie needs to be effective right like straight ahead speed where he has it like explosive boom beats the guy to the puck and then not only does he beat him there but then charlie goes on the offensive by stick checking the defenseman to move his stick out of the way to be able to curl and get that thing to the net come in and roof at top shelf and you're like where is that battle and like drive constantly? Like, and don't get me wrong, it's an eighty-two game season. Like, guys aren't going to have it every night. But you know, if you could give me that fifty percent of the time, I'd probably feel a little bit better. It's like straight ahead speed. That's your puck. There it is. Boom. You, you push their D out of the way. You got it. You protected it and you scored. Like, why can you not do that more often? And I think like that's some like the biggest question marks that I have. And that's why he gets. He traded because he he frustrates organizations like he's invisible for four games. He'll have show glimpses in the fifth game, which keeps him in a lineup, and then he disappears again. Yeah, just that's just not good. Um, all right, back to the arena. Beer prices weren't too bad. I mean, par for the course. I think they're a little cheaper than Boston, but I might have to look at the credit card statement. Um. So there was that, and then there was post-game. And I think we all originally agreed we were going to get a bite to eat. (laughs) Well, well, hold on, wait. But Before we went there, I went to go check out the pro shop because, you know, I I think in part of my travels now, so now I've been to MSG, uh, you've sent me a Rangers Fox jersey. Like, now I kind of just want to get, like, a little token everywhere I go, whether it's, like, a player T-shirt or, like, a hat or something like that. Hold on, hold on. Sorry, I gotta say this. Norris Trophy winner, Adam Fox. Correct, and I received that before he won the Norris Trophy, so I think that was the the, the Ben Stradamus coming out. But, uh... Or can't even come close to sniffing his jock. <laughs> so, I go down there, and yet again, I, I don't like to be biased. I know, you know, these are team stores, and you, you gotta spend money, and, you know, New, New Jersey's kind of that that ugly stepsister of the Rangers and the Islanders in a sense where it's, you know, you're battling for a certain market and and players and things like that and fans. I go in there, I pull a hat off the shelf. $41.99. Holy shit, that's even worse than MSG. Right back on the shelf. No, that's not happening. So then I go and I I find, like, this really nice um, T-shirt and it has the New Jersey, like, the older logo, so it had, like, the green and the red. And you're like, you know, New Jersey Devils to the front pull. 45 bucks for a t-shirt and i'm like you know what i'm out no fuck this and murph's like you know case what do you want like i can send it to you i'm like murph nothing like i was just like i was telling her i was like you know i think it would just be cool to you know come and just get some like a little bit of memorabilia for each stop along the way so i can say i went to mystery i can say i went to prudential hopefully i can say now that it's just about to be open I can go to the new Belmont Park. You know what I'm saying? Like, just to kind of hit all these close things. But I saw the problem. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. Like, not not a chance. So we leave, and I think originally we were planning on going back to Reds 
We go over, and the line for Reds is out the door, and it looked yeah, like... I already scouted it. I saw you guys, and I was like, not happening. Yeah, so so we make we go to American Whiskey now, right next door. Um, just to start, we go in there, people buy around. We originally went to go get food, and they said 20 minutes for a table. We said, okay, we'll just go to the bar when they call us, they call us. Um, so the first round happened, and then you went to follow up on the table... And uh, I think it was a couple more minutes, but then you got the table. I got the text, and it was like, hey, back right corner. And I said, all right. I try rounding up the troops, and I went on deaf ears. No, no one was listening to me. Uh, out. Uh, all right. So then you sent me another text, like, you, you coming? And I'm like, uh, just trying to wrangle everybody. And then you're just like, what's up? And I'm like, I, I'm trying. Like, it's just, it's not working. You were gone already at that point. Like, I went over it, and you had, you had the brain capacity of Mark Savard after the match. <laughs> like, you were gone. <laughs> when you came over, now, out of curiosity, because I'm trying to remember, was I still on beer, or was, the, was that when I had the Jameson? Honestly, I didn't see what was in your hand, but your eyes were very glossy. And I was talking to you, and you were looking over my head like there was a second version of me. Damn fucking thing. So, th- this is the <laughs> other problem, right? So, we're there. I'm at the bar. You know, we've been having some beers for, for the whole day. We've been having beers. I, like, legitimately, I think I started drinking before I ate something that morning. Wh- whatever. Don't judge me. Um... So, getting beers, and then out of nowhere, I should have known, Stratford was there, like, uh, just trying to cut me out. And out of nowhere, I see a small glass come over, and he's like, drink it. I'm like, I'll drink it. What is it? He's like, just drink it. I was like, I will. I just want to know what it is. He's like, it's Jameson and Ginger. And I'm looking, I'm like... Do you really think this is a good idea? Like, we've been having beers all day. Like, I could usually go from liquor to switch over. Now I'm thinking of the worst. And then I had the first sip. Oh, and I had that first sip. And, oh, and it was so good. It was so smooth. I'm like, let's roll. Like, let's do it. And uh, we just started going. And I don't know. It was probably at least three of those. And I don't know how many he had. And it, Yeah. And then we lost you. Gone. <laughs> Yeah, so what happened there was I went and I got the table and I felt bad because I basically helped this very tiny waitress grab three small tables and <laughs> to build us a table because I got tired of waiting. I was like, listen, there's space over here. Can I just combine these small tables? So we build it. I text you guys. I'm sitting there with my drink. Be like, I don't want to get up because I'll get taken. And then I... I uh, go over to you, you're gone, and I was just like, alright, say, like, Kev, let's go, we got seats, and then Merce's like, oh, we got a table, and Merce starts following me, so I start walking, I turn around, nobody's behind me. <laughs> well, yeah, I was gonna say, like, I tried, like, hey, I was like, we, we got the table, and nothing, just... <laughs> so, then I go back to the table, I get my drink, and then I go, take the long way to go back to the bar, and... I finished the drink, I put it on the ledge, I'm like, I'm just going to go outside for some air, because even American whiskey was crowded. Oh, it was hot, yeah, it was tight. Yeah, so I went outside, I'm standing there, and this girl who's not in any devil's gear was like, oh, look, 
finally someone who didn't go to the game because I wasn't in a devil's jersey. I was in just like normal clothes. And I was just like, I turned around and I was like, oh, you're cute enough for me to lie. I was like, yeah, I didn't go to the game either. <laughs> I was like, uh, I was just here getting food. And she's like, why would you come here during a game? I was like, listen. And this, so then I went next door with her to Reds and we got a tequila shot. And then after the shot, I was like, listen, I'm not going to lie to you anymore. I was at the game. I have friends here from Boston who are Bruins fans. So I was like, I just went outside to get fresh air. And then she's like, you son of a bitch. She's like, then why are you in normal clothes? I was like, because I'm going to a charity event after this to meet uh, Henrik Lundqvist. And she's like, you're a fucking Rangers fan. <laughs> oh, she knew that though, huh? Yeah. And I was just like, yeah. I was like, we hung out for like 20 minutes. And then I looked at my phone. I'm like, oh, fuck, I got to go to get to the charity game. So I basically booked it from there. I, I didn't stop back in American Whiskey to say goodbye. I basically had to just haul ass three city blocks to get to where I needed to be. So I was just like, all right, Irish exiting it. Like, I saw them at the game. We got a drink together at the bar. I, I, I hit my quota. <laughs> oh, so now on the other end, right? So Greggy texts me and he's like, hey, uh, we're going, did you like, are you in Reds? Did you make it to Reds? Cause I said, they said they were going there after the game. And I was like, no, we're next door. When we went, it was too crowded. He's like, oh, well it opened up. I have a table in the back. Come, come visit me. I'm like, all right, we're coming. I never left there. I gotta be honest. We never left American whiskey. Um, so Greggy like calls me and he's like, are you here? And I was like, no, we never left. Just come next door. So Greggy came next door after and, um, he came, his assistant came, it was either Steve, I think it was Steve, Steve or Scott, he was really nice, and uh, we all came, we had a few more drinks, a few more laughs, like, it, it was good, we, we had a good night, like, I think all in all, it was fun, I do, like, so one of the problems was, I should have went to Reds and got myself a job, because Fitzy, the GM, went over to Reds after the game, too, for a few, uh, Grinelli from Chicklets was next door as well, so I probably should have oh, went over. I should have went over there and FaceTimed our mutual friend Brad. That would made a made him laugh even more. Um, I, I will say one more thing about American whiskey, mm -hmm. and you can say silent for your own protection if you feel it is necessary. Bartender at American whiskey, I would go back on non-game days just to hang out. <laughs> uh, I, I, I will say this. The bartender at American Whiskey was most definitely not American. Yeah. That's, you know me, man. You remember my nickname, United Nations. Like, don't give me some plain white girl. Like, I need international flavor. <laughs> All right, now, now, real question, right? D do you think those were real or fake? Hard to tell, right? I mean, like flaunting them like they were like they were real, but they had to be fake. To be honest, I think they were real, but you know, I need closer inspection. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but yeah, that was the only other thing about whiskey. Like, I got even Murph looked at me and he's just like, "God, fucking shit, what's in the water over here?" <laughs> <laughs> so, let's see. We come back. And, uh, How did you guys leave, like, they head back to the car to go home? Ugh, I don't know. Like, seven? 
I think we dropped him off at like 7 or 7.30, so probably like 6.30 maybe. Okay. Yeah, and that was the other part too. We never ate. We just only drank. We always said we were going to eat, but we didn't. And then uh, we go, we drop him back off of the city, and then we head home. And the, the best part was after we get him out of the car... We start driving back, and I mean, instantly, Strat is out for the whole ride back. He, he wakes up. He wakes up in my driveway. Just, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> so, all in all, I I know we had a a very good time from six a.m. to you know twelve midnight. Uh, I mean, I think we did pretty good. So, eighteen hour day, well worth it. Um. As for you, my friend, I mean, you, you kind of kept going, and how was the latter part? How was the travel over to see the king himself? Did, I mean, did the king pitch a shutout? Because if he didn't pitch a shutout in this charity game, I, I'm going to say oh, he, he's... He, he wasn't playing. He was the head coach. Oh, luck, lucky. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I don't think uh, Hen can uh, play even in a game like this without risking something. Um, yeah, it's cock popping out of the, the cup. Yeah. So, no, I went uh, into further into northern New Jersey, ended up at a charity event uh, for uh, it's a charity called Halt ALS. Uh, it was their first ever charity game. The guys from Missing Curfew were there. Uh, Hank was there. Joffrey Lubrell was there. Mark Fain was there. Marty Reasoner. Uh, Christian Hansen. Brian Berard. Um, Reed Simpson, uh, Jim Dowd, who playing without a helmet even in this game, just fucking running over everybody. Um, who else is there? Cuba Gooding Jr. was there. Oh, no way. That's awesome. Yeah, he was playing in a game. Uh, he's a big Rangers fan. And uh, I'm trying to think of who else is there. But, yeah, Shane O'Brien's a big boy, man. Um, Upshaw looks like he did when he played. Um, off the ice, you can you wouldn't even think he was a player in the National Hockey League. Like he just is a very unassuming dude. Um, Lupul can still fucking fly, man. Like I know it's a charity game, so nobody's going like 100% on defense, but he can still. You can tell even with like Scotty Upshaw, like he can still fly. So um, the game was good. Uh, it got down to the last minute. Goals, Lupul. Uh, Lupul scored on a penalty shot with like 42 seconds left in the third period, uh, and that was the game-winning goal. Um, so the game was good. Then after the game was the after party, so you had to get tickets to the after party as well, which I ponied up for because there was a meet and greet as part of the fundraising for the after party, where you would get a three-course meal, open bar, and meet and greet the players that were in the game. And of course, the only player I was interested in meeting and talking to was Lundqvist. Uh, so got there early, ate my food, had my drink, and then some of the players started trickling in. And then Hank came in; his wife was there uh, with him, and he was talking to his wife. Nobody else was around him. And then he turned, and I was like, "Well, this is my moment. Like, I got to get him now before people start swamping him." Uh, uh, swarming them and then get lost in the shuffle. So he turns around, I go right up to him, I was like, Henrik, it's an honor to meet you. You're my hockey icon. And he's just like, thank you, I really appreciate that. He's like, how are you doing tonight? And just 
had a quick convo, and I was like, I got two. I know you're busy. I have two questions for you. The first question is, would you be okay if I took a photo with you? And second question is, I need you to settle a debate for me. Do you still think that Dwight King bumping into you in Game Two of the Stanley Cup Final in 2014 was still a non a missed call for goalie interference? Or am I fighting on a hill seven years later that not even you think is a fight anymore? (laughs) When you said that more than anything, did he just like burst out laughing or was he like... He he smirked a little bit and he goes, there was another one in that game that went uncalled uncalled as well. He's like, there was two of them. He's like, completely changed. So he's uh, still poking the fire. Yeah, he's like, completely changed the course of that series. He's like, we would have won the Stanley Cup if those two calls were made. And I was just like, exactly. And I went like that. And I was like, sorry, I didn't mean to get that excited. <laughs> He's like, sorry for giving all the attention back on you. I apologize. <laughs> and then I was like, and then uh, his wife actually took the photo for us. Oh, that's um, awesome. So I was like, okay, well, I shook Henrik's hand, so I'm not washing my hand. And I'm never cleaning my phone because his wife touched my phone. <laughs> uh, but took the photo. Uh, told, I told him, I was like, glad everything's okay health-wise with the heart uh, and keep doing uh, great work in a studio for MSG Network and say thank you. He's like, enjoy the rest of your evening. And then he turned and went, started, went back to talking to his wife and a couple of her friends. And I basically hyperventilated for like the next 15 minutes because I just got done talking to Henry Plunkbust. <laughs> and you're like, my work here is done. Like, I, I don't yeah, need to I, do anything I else. I around. I bid on a couple auction items. I had another drink and then I was like, I gotta get the fuck home. I was like, there's nothing gonna top this tonight, so I'm leaving now. And now, how is it for you getting home after that? Because I know just in general, like you said, Queens is difficult to get, like you have to go through the city to get to Queens. Like, how is it getting uh, back from yeah. fucking East Orange or whatever it was? Yeah, that late at night fucking shit show, dude. Um, so... Well, I'll say this. When we were... Getting ready to leave the bar, like we were kind of just talking to Murph. We're like, "Oh, we'll give you a ride back to the city. Like that's not a problem." He's like, "If you guys don't mind, you know that'd be awesome." Because he said the hardest part about the city is Saturday nights getting into it because everyone's going there Friday and Saturdays for Broadway or for a show or for a restaurant or something like that. And I mean, we were even we were sitting on the George Washington for a little bit. Just in that, and I was like, "This is crazy." And he's like, "Yeah, this is every you know Friday and Saturday night." I'm like, that's wild. Yeah, I mean, the the real issue is, like, I'm used to public transit. I don't care about a crowd. Like, the issue is the path to get which there. Is the train yeah. that goes from New Jersey to Manhattan. The weekends in November, they're doing construction work or repair work on the main line so it's only running every 40 minutes mm, so if you get there after one just left you're 40 minutes away and then it's like a because you can only go like five miles an hour because the workers near the tracks it takes another like 30 minutes to get back to manhattan and then from manhattan i have to take a, the subway to queens and it's not a direct shot it goes from the world trade center in low manhattan yep up to Times Square, then over the East River into Queens, and then I'm halfway through that line. So, like, even that subway ride is like a 30, 40 minute subway ride. So, oh, by the time. Fucking brutal. Yeah, so I left the charity event 
Well, let me pull up the text message. I left a charity event at... Ten twenty-seven, and I got home just before one a.m. Oh, yeah, that's that's Which, a fucking trip. And it's annoying, especially because, and you noticed this too. We left the arena after the game, and suddenly it was like twenty degrees and windy and shit. Oh, it changed quick. And the, so the other, I, thing. I didn't have a coat. I just had my sweater because that was plenty on the way to the game, and then after the game, I was freezing my nuts off. I will say, it was so, a nice sweater. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I'm not going to complain. That was one of the highlights of my life. Meeting Hank was is legitimately was a number three on my bucket list. So the fact that I got to go up to him, the whole time I was nervous. Like, don't come off like an idiot. Don't fumble. Like, don't look like... This stereotypical meathead fan, and then I went up to him and I was like, "Hi, Henrik. Nice to meet you. You might." And it went perfectly fine. Got a photo with him. He confirmed that until the day I die, I will continue to say that if the referee Wes McCauley made that call, we would have won the Stanley Cup in 2014. Like I got an autograph uh, photo of Hank that I won in the auction. I bit on his stick, the uh, Bauer stick that he uh, played with in his final season with the Rangers. They don't. I don't know who, what the high bid was. I still might be the high bid. They just haven't reached out to the winners yet, so I might have to pony up another few hundred bucks to get that bad boy. Well, I was gonna um, say that, or fucking three hours to go pick it up. <laughs> no, they'll mail it to me. I fuck that shit. <laughs> um, but yeah, great time. The event was fun. I, uh, the curfew guys were a blast, even though I didn't really get a chance to speak to them. But well worth the trip there and back just to meet Hank and see him in person. Just, you know, it's like you meeting uh, Cam Neely, you know? Oh, been there, done that. I know, but, like, how did you feel when you met him for the first time? Uh Oh, well, next time I see him, I'm going to tell him, remember when you said you were going to give me a job? Time to pony up, pal. (laughs) I remember that when I was eight or whatever it was, so game on. just waiting to fire Don Sweeney. You know what? When he calls after, I'll still pick up the phone. (laughs) But no, I mean, great Saturday. Like, you guys had fun, got home safe. We got to go to the game together, enjoy the game, hang out after. I got to meet Hank and see the missing curfew guys play. So well worth it, especially waking up on Sunday tired as fuck with Kobe at 7.30 in the morning with her being like, yo, motherfucker, walk me. Yeah, I was going to say, we. I have to... Uh... I'm going to go down to your place for a weekend or Murfskin and be in the city. We're going to spend the night to make life a lot easier. Because <laughs> yeah. that ride back after, I was like, oh, man, this this is tough. I'm not going to lie. A little beat up right now. But, yeah, um, you guys could have stayed, stayed over, except uh, Stratford had tickets to the Sunday afternoon game. Yeah, he, he had tickets. So that was one of those other things where, you know, we wanted him to get back. At least he could recover a little bit during the day to get back. He did say he had a tough Sunday, though, for whatever reason. <laughs> I don't know what that means. But, um, no, you know, happy it all worked out. Uh, need to get Big Kev off the IR to come back. Uh, we'll have another weekend. Yeah, that's all. He didn't want to play. I mean, if we can try to do, like, a Saturday night at the New Islanders Arena, then we could already have the triple threat done and then go from there. I think uh, we'd be in pretty good standing for at least a... Uh, 
season. You know, we've already hit MSG together. We've already done the Prudential. So then I think after that, we're kind of just uh, rocking and rolling. And then after the New Islanders Arena, UBS Arena, we got to hit up uh, the Hartford Civic Center for the Wolfpack. <laughs> I, I, I've done that XL Center plenty of times uh, with Worcester. I, I'm good with that. But I'm pulling up. All right, I'm going to do it live. I'm pulling up the Islander schedule and looking at Saturday games starting in January. All right, after the new year, we'll bang it out. Okay. So they have the Oilers on New Year's Day. That's not going to happen. No, I mean, not a bad game, though. Yeah, then they have Washington and Seattle on Saturdays in January. And then February, they have nothing because of the Olympic Olympics, break. yep. March, they have the Blues, the Stars. That's it for March. And then April, the last month of the regular season, they have no Saturday home games. So basically, our options are... Seattle would be pretty dope. Yeah, so that's the last Saturday in January. That oh, that might that might kill me though, because her birthday is the first. Oh, oh, so she gets two days to celebrate instead of three. Boo hoo, Red. <laughs> yeah, you know, I gotta ruin the whole weekend. I mean, <laughs> I wouldn't mind watching like an in in season one against you know the Caps either. I'm sure that'd be pretty ugly. Yeah, and then if you don't do that, it's waiting till March, and then it's either the Blues or the Stars. Blues aren't a bad take, though, either. Yeah, and it's a 12.30 start. So. Oh, on Saturday? Yeah. Oh, dude, holler at a play. You know what happened with a 1 o'clock start. I can only imagine <laughs> with a 12.30. <laughs> Hold on. Let, let me pull this up. I want to see what the tickets are. When I had looked previously, just in general, I mean, obviously they were, like, verified, like, resale. Uh, they were a lot cheaper than what they're going for now. So I think it's either, A, because now the arena is finally open, or B, they kind of go up per team because the Bruins were on a Thursday night, and I mean the tickets were only like forty-five bucks a whack. They like they weren't bad at all. Yeah, it just depends on the team. But the Blue Islanders versus the Blues, four tickets. They're between sixty and eighty dollars each. That's not bad. Nah. We can make that happen. We'll make sure Strat drives down for that one. <laughs> he has to be the DJ. Yeah, that, that's those are my one stipulation. I need a TD, and I think that can happen. <laughs> we'll see where the um, night anyway, takes us after. So, I know since we last recorded, Eichel was traded. Like, I'm so over talking about Jack fucking Eichel. Like, good luck in Vegas. I hope the surgery and recovery go well for him because having Eichel healthy – it's good for the sport, but I'm just so tired of talking about him and the Sabres, what Kevin Adams did. Like, I'm just so fucking over it. Just glad he's out of Buffalo. And Coach Q resigned uh, because of the whole Blackhawks scandal. Like, we, I think we covered all we wanted to cover with the Blackhawks situation when we talked about it in the last episode. Um, we, fi- we figured Quinville was going to get fired or resigned. Yeah, we thought that was going to happen. One thing that came that I don't think any of us saw was uh, Bob Murray in Anaheim resigning, putting himself into a treatment program. But they also said that I guess part of it is he's just an asshole. Like, just uh, an awkward... Yeah, so I I wonder if after the Chicago Blackhawks thing that, you know, the NHL sent out to all the bat phones, like, hey, if you have anything that's going to come out. Yeah, any skeletons in the closet. Like, this is your time for us to kind of, 
you know, sweep it under the rug because if it comes out after, like, we can't protect you. So I wonder if that is something that had happened. So, I mean, neither here nor there, but... Uh, yeah, he pulled the whole uh, Jim Montgomery scenario of, I did something wrong, we're not going to confirm what it was, I'm just going to enter rehab because I'm an asshole because my my addiction. Yeah, and I mean, it just... That, that's fine, to, you know, hopefully you can get past it. If he actually has a problem, like, you know, I, I hope he can get through it. If he's just an asshole, then, I mean, that's kind of that's kind of his own thing. Yeah. Uh, so not much to say there. You kind of touched on the Bruins. I don't know if you want to go into a little bit more there. The Rangers I can talk about for a couple minutes, but, um, you yeah, know, other than that, like, I'm just happy the episode kind of focused around the boys' trip down to Newark, New Jersey. Scenic Newark. Scenic Newark. Yeah, no. The many, um, the many saints of Newark this weekend. Yes, exactly. I felt I felt like we were the movie. Um, no, just the Bruins. Before this weekend, so included, they played Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday. So four games in six days. Our biggest stretch of hockey yet this year. I had t- talked to somebody, and... I didn't like the way the team was playing. Like, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Like, I, I feel like this team has a lot more potential than what they're playing to. But at the same time, like, I, I'm not naive to the facts of, you know, our secondary scoring and things like that. I, I usually call it the way I see it. I know some people are pretty, um, they, they like to sugarcoat it in hopes of it being a lot better for them. But even though, like, we still haven't played a lot of hockey. But I did say this because... American Thanksgiving every year seems to be that cutoff line as to what people always talk about. And to me, I said, if we come out of this stretch of of a possible eight points and we only get four or three, I, I didn't think we were making the playoffs. And the, we came out, we beat Ottawa, uh, we played Edmonton, we lost to them, we blew it in the third period. I mean, Edmonton turned it on, and I actually thought the Bruins played a good game. I just think that compared to us, Edmonton's forwards are just that much better and kind of, you know, left us in the dust. Yeah. You know, we, we had an okay game Saturday. I mean, I don't feel like we we were the better team. I don't think that was the question. I, I think finally our will kind of broke Jersey a little bit. But um, Swayman's been playing good. The other thing was I, I thought Swayman should have played that game back-to-back. I know a lot of guys said the weekend they should have split Saturday and Sunday. I disagreed. I thought Swayman had a really good game Saturday. Very sound. He doesn't look he doesn't look like Tim Thomas in the net bouncing everywhere. He just looked like a very controlled goalie. Nice, smooth, fluid movements. He, he gets us to win Saturday and Sunday. Puts us in a good place till we play again this Saturday coming up against Philly. Like, okay, like, now I'm okay with this team. Currently, we have only played 13 games. Like, we haven't played a lot of hockey. We're 8-5 and five with 16 points. Like, uh, I think that we're finally starting to get going a little bit. Uh, we do need more goal scoring. We're only a plus-four goal differential. I think that we need to be a little bit better. Like, we need to clean shit up a little bit on our own end. We're a little running around like chickens with our heads cut off sometimes, trying to force things. And we just need to be... I know we're not the same team we've been in the past years, but we just need to calm it down a little bit. You know, let the goalie see the pucks clean, clean breakouts, and go from there. 
and, and let Brad Marchand keep yeah. game. So, Kevin, what do you think the team has to do to play better? You know, hard on pucks, get the pucks deep, you know, use our size for our advantage, you know, drive to the net. Good things going to happen. <laughs> no, but I mean, I honestly feel that, like, we need that, though. Like, we legitimately need that. Just, like, keep it simple, stupid. You know, just yeah. don't overthink it. You know, be easy. Like, like, it's, like we talked about it. Like, Zaboro's playing good. They took Riley out of the lineup. Like, don't change it. Keep Zaboro in. If guys are playing good, keep them in. And then if they fuck up, you know what? Sometimes guys need to be reminded that you're not all Like, your spot's not always there for you. And I think guys need to be reminded of that. So Mike Riley ha- has a wake-up call right now. And if someone starts slipping, pull them out and put Riley in. And I, I think guys just need to be held accountable. And I-, I do like Bruce Cassidy because of the things he does because of that. So, Yeah. I mean, for the Rangers, just really quickly, they are the best team in a Northeast region by points, uh, even ahead of the Bruins. <laughs> by <So>. points. <laughs> <laughs> um. They're 10-3-3, like, record-wise, great start to the year. They're nowhere near a 10-3-3 team. Their only reason why they're playing or have that record is because of Shesterkin and that. Uh, If you look at all the advanced stats and metrics for goaltenders in the National Hockey League, statistically, he's either number one or number two in every category so he's carrying the Rangers right now especially when you have a backup in Georgiev who I have not that I have zero confidence in I've reserved that for guys like I was gonna say he hasn't like, really like played Michael that Hutchinson. Good. yeah I just have zero confidence that he's gonna make a big save or a save that's like not expected like he'll make the saves when he's supposed to but to bail your guys out or cover for a game of the guys just aren't playing well in front of you, that's not going to happen with him. Um, so Igor's been playing out of his mind. Uh, the issue with the Rangers has been their offense started off pretty slow. And then combine that with their... We talked about this, I think, the episode before. Learning the defensive system, so they play man-to-man. So a lot of times when you watch Ranger games and they're in a defensive zone, you'll see Keandre Miller or Jacob Trubo lingering up at the blue line because they're just following that, following that forward around. And that's going to lead to more opportunities because you get a shifty team that moves the puck well, they're going to find decreases in your defensive coverage when you play that. I'm not trying to tell Gerard Gallant how to uh, coach a defensive scheme. Like, he obviously has that system for a reason. It's just taking our guys a little bit longer to get used to that after three years of David Quinn's uh, scheme. The guy who's really turned it around, I would say, in the last three, four games is Jacob Truba. Um, He's really found his footing in the system. He's playing well. Still not contributing as much offensively as I thought he would when we acquired him from Winnipeg. But in terms of a legitimate top pair right hand shot steady defenseman who's just a fucking out of his mind physical player like he's worth every penny in that sense i just wish when he rips one of those slap shots from a point on a power play or to actually hit the net every once in a while um yeah fox north show if he's he's tired for the league leading points as a defenseman i said that in the season preview that he won in Norris last year and didn't get a lot of power play time or offensive zone starts, and now he is, and now you're seeing the offensive production follow. 
Panarin has come around. Kako, who had no goals and no points all season, has now a multi. He has a multi-game goal scoring streak, and I saw you can that. just tell yeah. he's a very much an emotional player in a sense. When he's playing well, you can tell. Like he has jump in his game. He's on pucks. He's creating offensively. When he's in a slump, he beats himself up, and you can just tell. By the way, his game slumps with it. So he's playing well now. Uh, Kreider has. 11 goals in a year and from a combined distance of like seven feet <laughs> he just plots plants his ass in front of the net and tips in power play goals all season long so i'll take that um but for the rangers they've been playing well the last four games uh they have a little bit of a stretch coming up where they play toronto tomorrow and then they were supposed to play ottawa on saturday but that game is postponed because of the senators covid outbreak um, so Toronto's playing good hockey right now, too. Yeah, so it's going to be a good test for our defensive scheme because uh, we played Montreal last night and beat them. They are, they're they're on a struggle bus, man. They don't have much going on there. The Devils, like you said, offensively, they're kind of – they're easier to game plan for than a team like Florida, in my mind, or Calgary. So they have, they have Toronto tomorrow night. That will be a good test. They skipped the Ottawa game, and then they have Buffalo at home. And then after that, the end of month with Boston, uh, the Islanders, Boston, and the Islanders. So I think by the end of this month with the game against Toronto, then a two against the Islanders, and one against Boston, that's going to be a real indication of, is the system finally syncing in with the guys, and is this recent level of play sustainable, or is it just kind of beating up on lesser opponents and if they come out of november and we turn a calendar to december and out of two four six eight out of a possible 10 points they walk away with seven this seems legit especially if they start getting mika going so um i don't know what else to say rangers they have a good record they definitely do not deserve to have the record they have but now they're starting to turn it around a little bit and fox looks pretty good and fox looks pretty good um (laughs) Uh, just one question regarding it. Does the just the zero goal differential nervous? Are you okay? Because it means like, or do you want more output from the offense, better defense? Where do you stand with that, being completely even on goal differential? Yeah, that's I, that's one of the offense, especially the power play, really struggled to start the year. Panarin struggled. Like I mentioned, Kako had no points. Mika hasn't really gotten going. Um and then Strom was out for a little bit. So when you take that all away, you're basically left with trying to get offensive production from Dryden Hunt, Kevin Rooney, Ryan Reeves, Barkley Goodrow, uh, before he got hurt, Sammy Blay, and, you know, you're praying there. Now, so Filipino missed three games. He came back against Montreal, was flying. He's really turned around. I'm glad to see that the concussion didn't hinder that progress. Like he, he looks like he's ready to explode as a legitimate, possible second line two-way center. Like he's just playing really well to start the year. So the production is going to start following. They just the power play has been better. It's just the offense. Like the defense because the Igor has been holding up their end of the bargain, but they just need the offense to get going a little bit more here. Alright, and I mean, Igor Net has been really good, so at least that's a really good strong point for you guys. 
And I, I guess one last thing, probably the biggest thing is, I I know I shouldn't bring it up, just probably end the show, but your take, PK Subban, Sammy Blay, Reeves comments. Oh yeah, did you? So I'm sure you've seen the play with Sammy. Mm-hmm. So again, you lose the benefit of the doubt that it wasn't intentional because of your history especially just look at this season alone this season three, alone three yeah flips. so he goes into the corner his skate gets tangled up or clips Sammy Blaze skate which then changes the angle where Blaze coming into the boards he goes feet first tears his ACL out for the year and you look at the replay and you can say oh well they did clip skates but it doesn't look intentional. Like, Subban didn't stick his leg out or kick or anything like that. But that's what he's good at. He's perfected the art of not doing anything by... He, he perfected the art of doing something by not doing anything and injuring guys. Uh-huh. Like, he he doesn't make it obvious. It's not like he's out there like Chris Simon, two-man chopping somebody in the fucking face. You can't so, see it, so it never happened. When it comes to being along the boards and somebody getting his skate involved in it he deserves zero credit or uh leash for that so that was one thing and then that follows up from preseason when he slew foot of ryan reeves everybody's been expecting reeves to get some payback on suban and nothing happened on sunday even though they were both on the ice at the same time several times and after the game a reporter asked reeves with what happened in preseason and what happened with sammy blade during the game uh, why didn't you go after Subban? And he basically said, Subban is a pussy, and I know he wouldn't drop the gloves with me, so why waste my time? I mean, I don't think he's wrong. No, he's not wrong, but the issue there is, okay, he won't fight you? Then that's how you sow some discontent in that locker room. You go after Nico Heischer. Not dirty or maliciously where you injured a guy, but, like, rough him up a little bit. You know? Go after Damon Severson. Go after Ty Smith. Run the goalie a little bit. And then the team will notice this is only happening because he knows Subban won't fight him. And that's going to start sowing some discontent in that locker room for a division rival. Like, either way, you win. Oh, yeah. And I mean, and the other part, too, is Revo starts running around. Someone has to answer that bell. Yeah, who's going to answer? Mason Gietzen? Uh, No, I'm just saying that they either got to bring up some meat or figure out something. But yeah, I mean, it just makes it. uh, Oh yeah, forget that poor kid's name of Montreal from last night. Like (laughs) the kid challenged him. Reeves looked at him like, "Are you sure you want this?" Well, (laughs) Revo said uh, one of the funniest things. He goes, "Well, I didn't know who the kid was, so I didn't know if he was like a big fighter in the minors. So when he asked me, I said, "Yeah, sure." He goes. He's like, I assumed he was a fighter. It's like, I assumed wrong. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know, man. God bless Revo. <laughs> yeah, so, and then Reeves, for all my concerns about his style of play, like, you can tell when he's on the ice because he's the slowest guy out there. He's going to contribute nothing offensively. But in terms of the locker room presence, you can tell he's been helping uh, for the young guys. But he started his press conference last night after the win against Montreal. He just sits down and goes, how about them Rangers, huh? I'm like, hell yeah, how about them Rangers? Yeah, fucking right. <laughs> America. <laughs> but, no, 
good uh good last few days hockey wise for all involved i feel like what? unless you're a devil's fan <laughs> not nice but funny <laughs> uh do, do you have any shout outs this week uh shout outs i give a shout out to uh the man the myth the legend thank you thank you it was nice seeing you too Henrik Lundqvist. <laughs> um, no, just the fact, like, obviously he's not going to hear this, but just to wrap up that story, the most unassuming superstar I've ever met. Like, I've met a couple big-time hockey players, obviously a lot of baseball players, like I met Derek Jeter. You can tell that they know that they're a superstar. Hank just walks around like, hey, how are you? Nice to meet you. He, they were at least 60 kids at that charity hockey game that all wanted autographs or photos after the game and he stayed till everyone got it he like he he didn't pull away because he wanted to talk to scotty upshaw or he wanted to go to his wife or he wanted to just get away he stayed there and took every photo signed every autograph multiple autographs for everybody so it was just nice to see a guy of his stature um still be that humble about it also, shout out to you, Strat Daddy, for coming all the way down from Boston and dealing with New Jersey in order to get a hockey game in and meet up. And shout out to uh, the coaster who's right now passed out next to me, curled up like the Firefox logo. <laughs> nice. Yeah, a shout out to you. Thanks thanks for coming all the way to Newark. I mean, I don't think you were coming unless you had that charity event later. Just magically you're going to rearrange your sock jar on that Saturday, <laughs> not going to Jersey. I would have come to see you. It was just, I would have wanted to do something after the game besides just sit at a bar and drink for like an hour. <laughs> well, you were only there an hour. We were there a little bit longer. But, uh... Yeah, shout out to Strat coming with Bill for for riding us down there. Uh, Mr. Murphy, always a pleasure. No, uh, yeah, Mr. Murphy for the uh, tequila and pineapple at the bar. I gotta uh, I gotta see who ended up eating that tag. I gotta I gotta just let me know what the Venmo request is, and I'll shoot some out. It'd be nice if you guys took it to the Devils fan that was sitting next to Murph at the bar. He actually seemed like an all right guy, that guy, but. Yeah, we should have just put it on his... T- ah, he's probably a season ticket holder. He's doing all right. <laughs> and, uh... Yeah, no, I... Uh, sh- I guess shout out to the wife. She had the kids all, all day Saturday, so she took them skating. They had to learn to play, so I know that can be a, uh, a little overwhelming, so thank her for that. And uh, thank her for ordering pizza, which I'm going to go upstairs and eat right after we're done recording, <laughs> so life ain't too bad, pal. But... Everybody, as always, thank you for listening. We'll see where this podcast goes next week. I mean, maybe we just meet up again this weekend and, you know, our, our hockey talk will be minimal. It'll be more about uh, Jameson and Ginger at the bar. So, as for everybody, don't drink one. Drink two. We'll catch you guys next week. Bye-bye. Go It's about drive, it's about power We stay hungry, we devour Put in the work, put in the hours And take what's ours Like in Simone in my veins My culture banging with strange I change the game So what's my motherfucking name? What they gonna get though? Desecration, defamation If you wanna bring it to the masses Face to face, now we escalating When I have to butt boost the asses Mean on ya, like a dream When I'm rumbling, you're gonna scream mama So bring drama to the king Brahma Then fly to an extreme mana